0: you are listening to metal shops backstage pass hey
2: what's going on it's metal shop here on kisw and and we're doing the podcasting from home i'm i'm in my uh i'm in my bedroom i'm drinking uh, some starbucks and i got ace stallings here from a band called mutually assured destruction and he's also uh pretty pretty uh poppin podcaster wow i can't believe i just said that poppin podcaster
1: Podcaster.
2: yes uh forum of passion is the name of his podcast and uh, you can check that out he has a he has a uh a patreon and he also has a free feed where you can check out episodes this past week um he actually stepped it up big time man he got randy bly from lamb of god from burn the priest awesome uh awesome podcast and and, uh, this podcast it focuses a lot on, um, kind of like hardcore and punk and a lot of the Virginia scene because, uh, that's where I'm talking to Ace from. But, uh, yeah, how are you doing, Ace? I'm,
1: um, you know, honestly, like, all things considered and, like, the current, like, situation that we're all in, I'm doing pretty good. The only two things that I'm, like, really missing out on right now are going to gigs and going to the gym. Yeah. But otherwise, like, you know, things have been fine. I, I, you know, it's like I'm, I'm still working. So, like, I can't complain there. And, uh, I've gotten to kind of like research and study a lot of things mm-hmm. uh, It was right before we on the phone, I had queued up on YouTube, um, a, uh, a primer on war metal because yeah. I don't know that much about it. So revenge and stuff, to... Yeah. Yeah. I like revenge a lot. And that's kind of what, what's still like what got me on it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to like initiate myself with like blasphemy and like bear it and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, I've gotten a lot of, chances to like research things well kind of like in in my in my downtime ace i
2: think if you get really into that you're gonna have to shave your head grow a goatee and get some oakley sunglasses
1: yeah see i need dope i need dope sunglasses you know (laughs) so i can do that uh, yeah, so, and I, I wear sunglasses with Mads, so I was like, well, sh- these guys wear sunglasses, so maybe I need to, like, take some cues from them, you know?
2: Yep, shave the head, get the goatee, exactly. All
1: right. I can do
2: it. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, let me ask, uh, what's your, if you don't mind, uh, what's your day job? How are, how are you still, uh, managing to, to get, uh, some work during these times?
1: So, my day job is, uh, not very glamorous, but I am, uh, I am an analyst, like, for, like, um... I work for UPS and I'm like, oh, okay. like with their with their corporate uh, headquarters and I just analyze accounts, um, you know, just to make sure that they're making money. Mm-hmm. But right now, the reason that's not being affected at all is because like I'm with like, the heavy freight side of things yeah, and like those trucks are still like, you know, shipping stuff to like hospitals oh, and yeah. like stores and like, and stuff like that. So like really like, There's other than working from home as opposed to the office, there's been like no change for me. So, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm lucky in that regard. I do that. Uh, and, um, I mean, honestly, up until maybe like a little bit over a year ago, I was like a bouncer, uh, at night. Okay. Like a long time at like venues and bars around here. But like I, uh, I've, you know, since just, just been doing the one job, which has given me more time to do like band stuff and like podcast stuff, you know.
2: Yeah. So uh the the podcast stuff, let's get into that. It's been uh has it sure. been a, has it been a year now that you've started uh,
1: It'll be a year in May. Um so we're almost I, I think one more episode than whatever the next episode is we'll be at 'cause it'll be there's two a month on the public feed, so it'll yeah. be twenty four. So uh yeah, we'll be at a year uh coming up here in a few weeks
2: uh first off i have to I, so i listen to a lot of podcasts and uh because i i work in shipping i have a day job i work for a company that makes instruments and uh i'm not working right now but when i am uh on my day job i i listen to podcasts all day long so i always get stoked when i see you update the feed and uh i do have to say there's a lot of podcasts i listen to that uh even though the content is amazing it, the uh quality might not be as amazing but for some reason like the quality of yours is is like uh top notch uh, where, what's the uh, what's the system that you use, or do you? From what I understand, you actually do it at like a recording studio.
1: Yes, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a spot, yeah. Uh, you know, here for it. So there's a guy I was in a band with for like a long time. His name is Sam, and he shares a studio space in the south side of Richmond called Studio F12. Okay, and um, he records like a, like a lot of bands there uh, to to kind of like give like so I guess uh I'm trying to think of some bands that record in there. Um in that room. Like I Iron Reagan's done stuff there. Oh, badass, this yeah. Band Enforced uh does like like it does their recording there. Mm-hmm. My band, Mutually Assured Destruction, records there. Um, like a lot of like punk and hardcore stuff around here records in this like, you know, a like, pretty small studio, but like they do really good work. Well anyway, like I told Sam, um, you know, like I was like, Hey, like you know about a year ago i was like uh we had our band had broken up a couple months prior and i said to him i was like yo like would you be down if i recorded like interviews uh at your studio and i was like eventually we can start like a paid patreon and like i'll just split the money with you to pay for like the the studio time yeah and uh so so he's so we're using the same equipment that we use to like you know, like mic drums or like, you know, like mic vocals or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it comes across like really clear.
2: Uh, it, it sounds great, man. And, and, uh, what have Thank been, you. what have, uh, honestly, I gotta say, I, I am about to interview Walter from Rotting Out on Monday. And my preface, yeah. my preface for the interview is I'm, I'm gonna straight up say, like, if you're, if you're listening to this and you want to know about Walter, listen to this and I'm gonna plug yours. And then, uh, you. and then Thank come you. to this new one and we'll just talk about the record and some other stuff. But, uh, yeah. yours that,
1: is, that one was wild, you know.
2: That was, that was like a heart wrenching, but like, and, yeah, dude, that was like an episode. I
1: wasn't and, ready. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, you know, like I always know I've known him forever, and uh, but we've never been like that close, and like, um, but close enough. Like mm-hmm. whenever like riding out, we'd come to Richmond, they'd stay at my house. But like, I was like, hey, man, you like you know, you like want to do this? Like, and uh, you know, they had an off day here, and like you know, came through, and like I didn't know he was going to get that real, but he definitely yep. you know laid it all out there. And that's been my most listened to episode, like, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. I think it has a lot to do with just how earnest and like how much of a story he has. So, I mean, like, it's cool that you're going to like he's a great speaker in general. So it's cool that you're going to have him on.
2: Uh, and, and you know I, I, I definitely am going to mention like listen to, to to Ace's episode first and then come back to this but uh, oh, y- e- even just listening to, you're welcome uh, even just listening to your episode it gave me such an understanding that when Rotting Out just this past week they released those masks and, and oh, yeah. with the Rotting Out logo and 100% of the proceeds went to uh, you know uh, women's shelters and for abused Which women sense, you know, it made life. sense yeah. yeah I was like oh my god that, that like now I know about Walter and and the fact that he opened up so much and like how that abuse really uh, affected his life and um, if you don't you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about Walter the singer of a hardcore band called Rotting Out Uh, check out the episode of Forum of Passion uh, and you'll know what we're talking about but um, so first um, like what inspired you did you have a background of doing like a zine or talking to people or was it just like was it just like you were getting restless because your band broke up what what inspired you to start a podcast
1: i mean very intuitive it was essentially like i i was um i you know my band had broken up i had been doing this other like band kind of like in the interim like kind of before my my old band breakaway broke up yeah and it maybe started and like that like that broke up too like that kind of collapsed on itself so like i like don't do that well with uh just kind of like sitting around yeah i like to be creating things mm-hmm. and like uh, you know, like be like involved in like doing stuff. I'm, like, I'm a promoter, but like you can only do that. But like so much, um, you know. Like, I mean, I can't be like you know on that like all the time, like every day.
2: Yeah, it really and, relies uh, on other people. You have to. It, I mean,
1: yeah, you you the to show up. You post about it. You like you know like make sure tickets sell. And but you know like you can't you know if, if it's not your job, you're not on that all day. Exactly. So um, I was like, well, I was like, I came up with the idea for him and my band at the kind of the same time. But what really inspired me to do it was um, my favorite writer is Brett Easton Ellis, and he has a podcast about films in the film industry. Okay. And uh, the setup is to do a monologue in the beginning. Um, where he'll kind of talk about some things going on like or like a recent movie that came out or like he'll talk about an old movie or something. He'll go on on that for a while and then like it, it'll cut into him speaking to like a writer from a show or an actor or an actress or um, like a director or something. And he'll just kind – of, he, like, kind of – doesn't he doesn't really kind of get their full life story, but he'll, yeah. like, kind of speak to them about, like, a lot of things. Well, What's the podcast called? Do, it's called – it's just a Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Okay. Um, I think his is entirely Patreon now, and initially okay. it used to be public, but – It's if you're in if you're listening to this, and like, it's a guy who wrote like American Psycho Mm -hmm. and like Less than Zero and Rules of Attraction. If you're listening to this, like his work and like movies, I highly recommend it. He's very intelligent. Um, but uh, I wanted to do that concept, but just take it to hardcore and um, you know, and like kind of like for me, is I wanted to uh, really kind of like. Uh, encapsulate and sort of like make sort of like a, like a a vault of people that are like important to what's going on in hardcore punk and metal right now. Yeah. Um, And I try my best. I wanted, I was like, well, I was like, Richmond has like a pop in like metal punk and hardcore scene. Like Mm -hmm. fans are always coming through on tour here. I'll be able to like interview people like while they're here on tour. Um, And then when there's like not a tour going on, I just like, you know, because there's a lot of people here involved in hardcore punk and metal, I could just interview somebody from here. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, you know, sort of like my setup um, with that. But you were really, it's just like, I didn't have a history of making a zine or anything like that. I just wanted to, uh, you know, like just showcase what's going on right now and showcase people's stories. Because one thing that I think is important is like having somebody like, listen, and be like, oh, look, I identify with that, or, oh, that person's music means more to me now than it did previously because I know their story. Um, Just, like, people finding commonality with people or, you know, just, like... Because, like, the thing is, like, you make music like this, Mm -hmm. you know, like in the world of alternative music. The thing is is that it's like, you know, normal people don't make this music, so there's got to be an interesting story behind those people involved. So and and that, that's that's proven to be the case. It's like you know, like everybody's been interesting um, and everything. So really, just just you know, like long winded answer to that. But that's that's pretty much why I like wanted to make it.
2: I mean, you're right. Like, no, we all, there's got to be a weird backstory. It's not like we're, uh, we're getting, no one's really getting rich off this, especially not right now.
1: Um, No, definitely not.
2: It's, it's not like, uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, bands retire off of a DIY tour. But, uh, so, so, uh, I'm not trying to, I, I can't see your analytics and like how many people download or stream or whatever. But from my perspective, it seems like a pretty, Worthwhile thing for you, and like, has 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 it gained momentum over the last year? What's what's your reaction been like with? uh... Uh,
1: So, I mean, I'll 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 be transparent. I feel like a lot of podcasts are like scared to be transparent about Mm -hmm. their numbers for whatever reason. Yeah, but not a lot of like, mine is not super monetized. The Patreon is a like people pay two dollars a month. There's no tiers. Okay, and you just get an extra like episode a month. So it's not like I'm like. Like really raking it in.
2: You're not like Chapo Trap House.
1: It. No, yeah, we're not. We're not like <laughs> you know. We're not doing that at all. It's just really just like you know, like we like it. It like pays for itself, and then some. Like, I, like I probably pay like a, like my phone bill, like you know, okay. like with yeah. the money I like make from it. But um, the public episodes, uh, like the first two like popped really hard. And like, probably at about like a couple thousand plays right now. And then the rest, like, up, like for the most part, average like about a thousand. And then like some will be like the Walter one where it's like four thousand, mm-hmm. you know, like where, you know, like it jumps up a lot um, or whatever. It just kind of depends on the person. Um, and, and it's interesting, like, right now, kind of seeing like how things are going with like in the middle of the pandemic mm-hmm. because certain, I feel like, uh, I'll see like my numbers on older episodes go up overall because probably the people are like, stuck at home and are binge like bingeing, yep. Like that catalog and everything. Yep. Um so yeah, I mean it it's it's been cool. It's, I'm I'm glad that it's like getting out there and like people are enjoying it and like learning things um, you know. So I mean like it's it's done well. I mean if, if I was smarter, I could probably like make make more off of it or get sponsors and stuff like that. But like, you know, that's again, kind of you talked about how people aren't making this music to retire off of I'm not doing that to like make a bunch of money. I'm just doing it because I like doing it.
2: Hey, and that's the way to kinda um the, the way to do it, I interviewed uh this past week I interviewed my friend Dave. Uh he runs a label called Excursion Records. They put out like the first undertow records and stuff and Oh cool. Yeah. And so he does a, a YouTube channel uh, where he just finds weird uh like it's just about collections so he does hes it's it's called quarter bash and he and he just goes uh-huh. through rolls of quarters to find like rare coins and uh oh, yeah and he and he and I was asking him like is this monetized he's like no nah, I just got I'm, you know like when when you're working from such a level that you love it and and you're just building it all up yourself like a hundred subscribers is a is a monumental thing for you because you just you love it anyways so yeah you know, you're just making it and if people listen then that's awesome and and what yeah, you're that's, doing that's yeah. what you're doing is you're just you're having these conversations and um you know you'd probably having have uh, at least you know maybe a little bit less uh, in depth but you'd probably have these conversations you might as well make it a formal thing and let other people listen oh, to them
1: yeah i mean it's like i'm learning just as much as everybody else you know like when i'm doing these and this is a conversation that i probably like yeah like you said like in some capacity be having with somebody uh you know like over dinner or something or like after a show like it's it just happens to be recorded um you know so it's, yeah it's like you know same thing um i don't know we might do some special things in the future we might make like some shirts or something you know whatever but nice. like um really it's just kind of about just like like i don't know i get excited when like like, like, kind of like the Randy thing when, like, so, when, like, people that I know are really interesting are just down to do it. i like, that's that's the exciting part for me where I'm like, oh, awesome! Like, you know, like this this person's down to do it, or, or like when like uh, DFJ from like you know like all thousand bands that like you know he's yeah. in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when he was like down to do it, I was like, oh, that's sick! Like I've always wanted to like know more about this person, and I know other people have always wanted to know more about them too. Um, so you know, like, uh, yeah, it's just like it's just kind of like most things in my, like my life that I like involve myself in. I I, I just do it because I like feel strongly about it. I mean, that's why it's called Forum of Passion. You know, yeah. it, it's in the name. It's a passion project.
2: Well, Ace, I'm gonna let you in on something that I've actually only told few people, and uh, it's it's a it's a secret of mine. But I will get it out there. Okay, it's not so much of a secret. I've said it before <laughs> on the air. I've been doing radio for. 16 years now, and a big reason of why I love to continue to do it is because it gives me an outlet, a valid outlet to be a punisher.
1: <laughs> love that, yeah, dude, straight up.
2: It's like I'm not the weirdo punisher. I have a reason. It's like, hey, let's let's talk about this. So let's talk about you. You know, they have a reason to be punished.
1: So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like is the, the, the same like like punisher vibe. You, you you had a microphone in the room, so it's not you know. It's like it negates <laughs> it. No, I love that. Uh,
2: so, yeah, so your old band Breakaway, you guys were uh, kind of a, uh, would I say like, from what the vibe I got was like a kind of a youth crew, hardcore band?
1: Yeah, it was like, it was like, started out as like a youth crew band and kind of just became like sort of like middle of the road, like just straight up, like hardcore, um, like kind of like 2000s hardcore inspired. Uh, and yeah, I did that for, like, I did that for like eight years, but yeah. realistically, like, the the last like four were the real ones. Like were like it was like from like the first LP on um was when we were like really doing like we I had gotten like a new lineup and like that ended up being the lineup that would stay until the band, the band broke up. Um so I did that for like a, a really long time. Yeah.
2: So if if you're listening to this and you, you're not like so you know well entrenched in like the world of underground hardcore, uh, Deathwish is a label that's uh, run by one of the owners is uh, Jake from Converge, and uh, in my opinion, uh, a lot of the the bands are a little bit more darker, and you get bands yep. like Cult Leader and like Converge and whatnot uh, on that label. Uh, is it safe to say it was kind of an odd fit, or like was it? Uh, did that make sense to you? And, and how did you get with Deathwish? And what was it like being kind of the one youth crew hardcore band on an on a uh, altogether pretty diverse but very dark um, label?
1: So this is this is the Deathwish connection. So React Records, uh, React with like an exclamation point at the end. They were the label that we were on. Okay. But what what they would do is that Deathwish for like hardcore and the kind of like now like sort of like as the, the popular term has become hardcore adjacent mm-hmm. stuff, like yep. sort of the darker hardcore adjacent, they are, like, prime at distroing other labels' material. Oh, yeah. So, like, a lot of people would encounter Breakaway because of the Deathwish distro. And, like, it's funny. It's, like, because what, what React, the label that we were on, it's, like, based out of Baltimore, um, what they would do is they would take all of their... Like all their stock, and just send it to uh, Massachusetts or Deathwishes and um, Deathwish would just do all their mail orders. Oh wow! So if you okay. got a box of Breakaway records, even though React was a label that like paid for the recording or like did the designs and all that stuff, they would come in like Deathwish Deathwish boxes.
2: Okay, so it was like um, it was like React by way of uh, Death by Wish. way of Deathwish. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So and and React is like at the time was like. Stock youth crew label. Just like mindset the, and
0: betrayed yeah, and stuff. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Like I made the band because of mindset because I wanted to be like mindset and I wanted to be a okay, react. Okay. Yeah, um, but I but it, I did end up forming a friendship with um, like you know, like 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 loose like acquaintanceship. I'll say with people at Death Wish. Like I just emailed Trey, the other owner, like this week because oh, um, cool. what I'm trying to do right now is in the wake of not being able to play shows. Yeah. Um, I'm hitting up as many people as I possibly can on carrying like my band's new EP. Yeah. So I, I hit him up and I was like, Hey, like, um, I, I mean, I know stuff's probably weird for you guys right now, but like, you know, like, would you like, like, can you, can you take any stock? Can you, can you buy any off me? Like if you want to hold any in the store and, uh, like, and you know, so it's like I like That's cool. if it hadn't been for like the react thing, I wouldn't have been able to like you know, like I wouldn't have had his email and like you know, like been like like initiated with him or anything, um but uh no, they do they do great they do great work and like they really handle a lot of labels like distribution and stuff um I mean, I know like it's probably like boring to some people, but sort of like just like the logistics of like you know like these like bigger older labels that like kind of just become these like hot spots for like buying a bunch of smaller label stuff is really cool to me and like really cool to see well because um, got- you can like you can go in there you can find you can like kind of connect dots and find other things like people here bought this yeah as well as this, you can find some new stuff, so it's cool to me.
2: Well, I mean, that's how I started buying CDs back when I was like buying a ton of CDs for, you know, my hardcore radio show is, uh, you know, I would just go to revhq.com and I would just buy yep. a ton of CDs. And, and, uh, I would also buy things from things like interpunk.com and angry, oh, yeah, angry young and poor.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I remember angry young and poor. Yeah, no, no doubt. Like, yeah, all that stuff. All that stuff you can find, like, such cool things, like, I you know, and like, Bless Rev HQ H two because I know like they're still they're a distro that's still like taking like stuff right now because I know the label that my band's on now just sent them like a box of stuff. So um so all the people that are listening that are doing distros or like you have record stores that are still open and stuff like that, like you know like bless y'all because it's like a it's a hard time for that. if like, you're still willing to kind of play the game, it's like, you know, it's more it's difficult, but it's sick that you're doing it.
2: Shout out to Rev HQ for holding down the same web design for the past. like Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It has never changed. It has always been like that.
2: So let's talk a little bit about your band, Mutually Assured Destruction. Uh, You just put out a new EP, Six Songs, and it was released. What is the label you're on right now?
1: So uh, the label that we're on right now is uh, a label called Edgewood yeah it's like it's it's based out of richmond and it's funny it's like i've always i like have like run their social media just like pro bono for like Mm -hmm. a long time like i'm not like a part of the label but a lot of people think i am just because i promote a lot of their stuff yeah but um i always like wanted to do a record with them um just because it's like homies and the, the one of the owners is like i used to be uh in my old band um and uh, the other owner uh, is is his brother, who's in this band called Naysayer, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, killer band, like oh uh, yeah, they rock, and uh, and so like they're putting out stuff like um, like this snake like, band regulates, band blind justice. They did this like awesome thrash record last year by the band Dead Heat. Yeah, um, oh, so good. And, yeah, so so they, they put out like they put out like cool stuff, and even though we don't like a hundred percent like like sound wise really fit with like a lot of the other stuff on there. Mm -hmm. I still like wanted to do something with them and it's like cool because it's easy for me. Like when I want to go get new records from them, I can like, I don't have to like send an email or a text and like wait a few days. I can like drive my car up like a mile from my house and like pick some up and you know, whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wanted to do that, uh, with them. And, uh, also, they were willing to do like the weird format that we wanted to do because like we had enough songs to do uh, like that was too long for another seven inch, mm-hmm. but not really long enough for like an LP. And um, like we could have pressed it to probably be, like a one-sided like uh, twelve inch or something, but I personally don't really like those for whatever reason. So I was like, oh, would y'all be down to do a ten inch, even though like everybody says those are really hard to sell. Uh, but they were down and they worked with us and like, they've been moving fine. So it's like, you know, like whatever, uh, about the weird format thing. But, um, well, yeah, they certainly stand,
2: cool. they certainly stand out in your collection. I can tell you like the few 10 inches that I have, they go on one slot of my record collection and they always stand out. So you will
0: stand yeah, out.
1: So you, were, you remember them. Like one of my favorite records ever, like Human is a double, I like, like a 10 inch. So it's like, oh, yeah. and people talk about like, you know, in regards to hardcore, like, you know, like, like, they'll talk about, like, the Thank I Care 10 Inch and stuff like that. Like, the you Swarm, know, yep. Um, yeah, exactly, you know. So it's like, uh, oh, that's right, they did do that. Um, and, uh, you know, so, like, um, yeah, we did that with them. And it, it, it came out at, like, like, it hit streaming at a pretty good time. Yeah. Um, like, you know, February. But the problem is that, like, you know, like, we had, like, all these festivals lined up like, uh, United Blood here, and then, like, Black and Blue in New York, and uh, had, like, all this other stuff that we were planning for, um, like, summer, and yeah. then, like, you know, like, COVID-19 stuff happened. And uh, so it's, like, you know, we don't have an opportunity to play these live shows um, to, like, you know, like, like have the have the record with us. Mm-hmm. So it's been we've it's been getting creative on, you know, like, uh, trying to, you know, like, you know, get it out there because you know, you know how the world is now. The world moves fast. Yep. You come out with a record. We've only been a band since last. We our first show was like last July, so we haven't even been a band a year. Yeah, um, and it's like you just got to kind of capitalize on momentum. And and the thing is though, was like nobody's, everybody's hurting right now. So it's mm-hmm. not like we're like you know alone in that. But uh, um, but yeah, you know, so away from you know, like. Worldwide pandemic, the release of that record has been, uh, like, it's called Fever Dream, has been awesome. Um, And if you do, if you listen to this interview, you do want to check out anything that I do, uh, that's the thing to check out. Check out uh, the new Mutually Assured Destruction EP, Fever Dream, and listen to it, and, you know, hopefully you enjoy it.
2: So if you're cool um, with it, uh, I would like to play a song real quick and then come back with more from you. So uh, is yeah. what song would you like to, to play right now?
1: Uh, Exhale. That's my favorite on there.
2: All right. That's here fourth. It's Mutually Assured Destruction. Fever Dream is the name of the EP. Here's Exhale. We'll be back with more from Ace Stallings. Back here on Metal Shop, we've got Ace Stallings, Mutual Assured Destruction. You just heard Ace, uh, Exhale from Fever Dream. And, uh, we, we wanna, I wanna talk to you about, so you, we talked a little bit about how you had this, uh, pretty straightforward Youth Crew Hardcore band. Uh, you guys break up, uh, you start a podcast, but you're doing this other project, at which we just heard, Mutually Assured Destruction, just put out a new EP. And, uh, and it's definitely not Youth Crew Hardcore. It's certainly outside of the box as far as that goes. Uh, were you just like uh, restart something totally new like what what inspired the sound for mutually assured destruction and honestly how would you even classify this
1: okay i mean they're all great questions um I, I, there's there's like a kind of like a long story to it but i'll give you kind of like like bullet points on how that band came together absolutely um so I, uh, with some friends had done a Misfits cover band killer in the fall of 2019 as one does um, in so the right, fall. Was, no, 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 It, it would have been, this would have been 18. Um, but, uh, and people were like, Oh, like, I didn't know you could like sing, like sing like that. Like yeah. I've known you from breakaway, but I didn't know that you like to like, you know, like actually like sing. and I was like, Oh yeah. Like, um, you know, like, such like, one of my favorite bands, and I, like, love any kind of, like, dancing project, and someone was like, oh, you should, like, sing for something that, like, maybe sounds like, 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 a life of agony or something, or, like, yeah. a only living witness, and, um, I was like, yeah, that could be, that could be kind of cool, and, uh, I was like, you know, I'm not that great at writing songs myself, but mm-hmm. I was like, if I just got the right people to do it, then it would be cool, and, um, I like handpicked some people in 2019 that I knew weren't overloaded with being in other bands Mm -hmm. um, and told them, I was like, Hey, like, and exactly what you said, I wanted to do something that was entirely different than uh, what I had previously done. So I'd done kind of like straightforward hardcore for like a long time. yeah. And I was like, I want to, you know, do something like more metal and like straight up metal. Like I want to play like, because I love, like, you know, like, heavy metal music, and I want to play kind of, like, heavy metal hardcore. Yeah. And um, so I hit up some people, and I was like, hey, like, would you be down to do a band that sounds like Life of Agony, Only Living Witness, Corrosion and Conformity, um, like, later corrosion, like, when well, I looks like mid-air, Corrosion and Conformity. Like Blind and, and um, stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, Blind, Deliverance. Like, those two records are big for us. And, um, I, you know, I just hit up, like, you know, like, the right people for it. And um, you know, like people just like wanted, like I, I hit up people that I was like, "Hey, man, do you do you want to rock? Like, you know, you yeah. want to play like, like kind of like Soundgarden, like but like hardcore? I want to rock." And, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I and then yeah, it came together really easy. Um, you know. And uh yeah, I just I personally just wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something that didn't like Breakaway on purpose was like generic. Like mm-hmm. the name was generic, the image was generic. Like I want like with that man, I wanted to do like straightforward, like stock hardcore band as kind of like an homage to how much I love just like like standard hardcore. But then with this man, I was like, I don't want to do that at all. And if I had to classify it, it's like I, I have described it before as like doom HC. So it's like it's like hardcore <laughs> yeah. music, but like a lot of our influences are like um, you know, like the bands we just listed, like Danzig. Uh, there's this band from here called Windhand, amazing band, um, yep. the great, amazing band. Like Dorothea has an amazing voice, um, and uh, like like we so were influenced by them. Like stuff like I hate God, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, man. Like I mean, kind of like leaning more back towards like hardcore, like stuff like Iron Age, um, you know. Just like wanted to to kind of like do like that side of things. So like we wanted, I wanted to play in a band that could play any kind of show, like a punk show, a metal show, a hardcore show. Like I didn't want like you know like lines around it. Um, and so far, it's 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 been like really cool. Um, and like, there's been like a lot of support for it and people have been like into it and everything. So like, you know, uh, doing like a second band, like kind of like this, at this point in my life and it being received well and like appreciated Mm -hmm. like early is just like a, a dope blessing. So I'm happy about this or about how everything's gone.
2: That's awesome, man. I, I, last week I talked with the, this guy Trey from a band called Creeping Death from from Texas. And,
1: oh, they rule. They yeah. stayed in my house before.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he, he. we were talking about how cool it is to see bands, um, you know, because when I first started going to hardcore shows, it was very, it, it almost seemed a little bit more closed-minded or closed off, like very, you know, genre-restrictive, uh, yep. but, but now we're seeing, you know, bands like uh, Gate Creeper, bands like Power Trip, bands like Creeping Death oh, yeah. that are really, it's almost like the new wave of Crossover.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly who, like, I've looked to, like, like bands like like Power Trip and, like, yeah, like, and, I like, kind of, like, seeing, like, like, how, like, Creeping Death has done things or, like, like Gate Creeper. And what's yep. interesting about, like, Creeping Death and Gate Creeper is that, like, they don't sound remotely hardcore to me at all, but they have a following, like, within that world because I think people, like, like you said, they're not as, like, like, oh, I only listen to this or I only listen to that. Like, yeah. people are way more, like, open, um... To, you know, like different genres and styles and vibes and everything. And, like, what's, I mean, like, in my opinion, you're going to make better music doing that because you're going to pull in some different places and stuff. And, um, you know, shows are going to be better because you got people from different ends of, like, different scenes coming to things like that. And, like, I, I like that that's happening right now. I'm, I'm a big fan of it.
2: I mean, last year we saw uh, Harm's Way go out on support of Ghost Main. And from what I oh, saw, yeah. like, People that were there for Ghostman like loved it. They were moshing oh, yeah. for Harm's Way. Like it, you got to get you know, out there for a different direction. It's cool to see those things blend.
1: A homie of mine, like, uh, he's in this band called Candy. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, like, there's another example right there uh, of like kind of what we're talking about. But um, he, like, he said he like went to go see Ghostman, and he was like, um, cause he, he kind of wanted to say, well, like, what's what's the whole what's the whole like. What's the commotion about? Yeah, and he, he like went to go see like New York, and he said like it was just as it was just as crazy as like any like hardcore show he's been to for like his set, like if not more. And like people that and like a dude that um, dude who drums in Twitching Tongues and Misery and Downpressor plays drums for Ghost Main. so oh, there's cool. some kind of connection there. Yeah, there's guy Kale, yeah, and this dude Lumpy. Uh, I, like, I think he's in this band sanction and I want to say he's played for ghost before too. So there's some kind of connection there. Yeah. But, like, um, it's like Ghostman isn't like I've listened to it before and it's like fine for it is not necessarily my thing, but like I get the appeal at one point in time. I didn't get the appeal, but now, yeah. but again, as I've, you know, like as I've gotten more <laughs> open, and like less kind of genre defined with stuff, I've like been able to pull out value and merit and things that I feel like at one point in time I wouldn't have been able to do. Um, So, I mean, there's positives, you know, it's like, you know, we're all kind of opening up a little bit more totally man
2: it's 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 cool to see and uh before we before we go i have a few questions here and and you guys so your podcast and and your band uh you guys are virginia man richmond centric uh i'm yeah. curious because i've never been to richmond but i've always mm-hmm. thought i've always looked to it as like there's some there's got to be something in the water man we got guar we got Lamb of god we got <laughs> iron Ragged, yeah. Municipal Waste, uh-huh. avail yep. uh what yep. what is it about richmond dude like what uh what is it about Richmond that breeds such an incredible underground scene that crosses a lot of boundaries, but just has that like quality in common?
1: Okay, so it's uh, it's fun. It's, I've I've tried to figure this out my entire life because I've always lived here. Um, but uh, what I've kind of come to to kind of discern about like why Richmond is like. So good at like producing sick metal bands and sick hardcore bands and sick punk bands is this, there is a college here um, that takes up a good portion of the downtown and it's an art and fashion college. So it's like people that are going there are like a little bit like kind of like left of center anyway. Mm -hmm. So every year you get in like thousands of people, like like a freshman class of people that are moving here. Oh, um, okay. To go to that school, but I mean, and you'll hear this in like in some of my podcast interviews about people that like I always thought were from here, but I was like, for here's a, for example, Randy from Lamb God. Yeah, he moved here because shows were good, oh, and I know awesome. a lot of people that ended up. Going to the college here, mm-hmm. um, because they were like, well, I mean, like, I like want to go to the college there, but more so, I want to go to like shows there, and this just gives me an excuse to do it. Yeah, and um, so that happens. One, two. Um, it's an easy place to live. It's not very expensive, so it's not like you have to like commit to some like agonizing, grueling job or whatever. Yeah, um, to like you know make ends meet here. Like you can like work like pretty easy job here if you want and have a lot of time to do a band or like have a kind of job that's like not going to be like too hard on you and you can, you know, go on tour, um, you know, like pretty often. And, and also because like, you know, your rent's not crazy high. It's not like you're like going out on tour for a month and being like, damn, I'm not going to have enough. Like when I come back, like, you know, like, if anything, you'll come back from like if you're in a bigger band, you come back from the tour and you're like making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, because your cost of living isn't very high. So uh that's you know, that's a thing too. Um a lot of venues. Like like people complain here about venues sometimes, but like I mean, like they don't have they don't know what it's like other places where there might be like one or two spots. Yeah. Whereas here there's like seven. Oh, sick. Um, you know. Yeah. It's like I mean, you know, and it ranges from like House show places that have been doing house shows for like, you know, years and years, or like warehouse locations, um, or, uh, and, like up to like, just, like regular like venues, like of all sizes. Uh-huh. So, which I mean, uh, like, right now, like, I feel so bad for like, like official venue places because oh, it's yeah. like they just can't make any money and I, I, I really worry for them. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's like, like, it's like a lot of, like, little factors. I, I think it's a lot of little pieces that, like, make up, like, a whole, um, you know. And uh, as to, like, why the quality is so good, I mean, I guess just, like, when, you, when you're in the same place as a bunch of other, like, good bands, like, you know, I, I guess in the like, subconscious or conscious, you're like, well, I can't come out with something that's, like, you know, like... Uh, kind of haphazard, like it has to hit so I can kind of, you know, kind of compete or like run with the big dogs around me. You got to keep up. Um, yeah, you got to keep up. So it's like, you know, like that's, uh, I think that's that's why. And I always tell people that if they're within driving distance of this place, you know, like, um, like, hey, like you see a show here that looks cool, come, like, you know, come through, like, check it out, like, you know, see what the vibe is because, like, um, you know, it's they can be really special and, um, you know, has like produced a lot of like sick bands and like a lot of good moments. So it's, it's hard to really put my finger on, but I'm going to say all those things have some kind of factor on why it's so quality here.
2: That's awesome, man. I appreciate you. Uh, you kind of giving a breakdown about that. And uh, I have two more questions for you, Ace, and, and then I'll uh, get into another one of your songs and, uh, and let you go for, for your day. So my question is if uh, I know, and I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't, Go over this, you know. I didn't. I didn't screen these questions. So if you need a little bit of time, it's fine. Uh, okay. Pick four albums that have made a positive impact on your life.
1: Okay, four albums that have made positive impacts on my life. I feel like I'm in a good space right now to to do that too, because it's like not like I'm in like the throes of like being like super into like one record or mm-hmm. like I'm like younger and like kind of just still like you know, kind of like finding my way I yeah. feel like at this point, I found my way and I can give the answer, you know, on like albums that have made like a really positive impact for me. Okay. Number one, um, is going to be, uh, Metallica ride the lightning. Hell yeah. Um, just like, you know, just top, top tier Metallica. I think it was still just raw enough. Um, while also being like a, a nice step up from, uh, kill them all. And I just, I think it's like, just like so quality, um, and everything, obviously like, t- like most all of their material is great, but that one, like, I think I, I, that's the one I always revisit. And it, and that's why I think it has such an impact on me is I always go back to that record and I'm like, yo, like, this is the one, um, uh, misfits collection one, uh, nice. second, which is a collection. But the reason I like, I, their discography is kind of hard to put into like a record
0: totally but
1: um but i when i was a kid I, you know that's what i was listening to on my cd player like in my room at night mm-hmm. and um just like you know like just over and over and everything and like, that was one of the first bands that got me like kind, of, like kind of like kind of like transitioned me from like being like kind of like just sort of like a radio like metal or like kind of like just classic metal guy into kind of like the more like DIY, like hardcore and punk world. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a huge impact for me. And then the other two that have had crazy, like, have like big impacts and uh, fond memories on my life. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, like, here's the thing I'm from here. Yeah. I, uh, you know, like, like, a super formative band for me is this band down to nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they're like one of my top five favorite bands ever. Uh, the record they did in two thousand seven, the most so I think good. is their their best work. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember seeing them at the time. I remember seeing them play a song from that record at that like right before it came out, and they said this is a new song. And I remember it hitting me so hard watching it like be played and how people were reacting and how crazy it was. That I was like i like it, it was i I can like remember it right now, I can remember it you know, like like decade like you know like over a decade later, I can remember that exact moment and um really you know attach myself to that, and then um, man, this is exactly like, the four spots tough because there's so many that could like go there for yeah. so many different reasons like um, like Bad Brains records or like even like a Dead Kennedys record I can think of or like Age of Quarrel or something. Um, but uh, I'm going to say for that last spot, um, this is tough, but this is a good kind of tough. This is, this is like, you know, a nice little like mental gymnastics. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say for that last spot, I will probably go with Age of Coral. It's an easy answer, but it's, you know, like an incredible crossover record, and it's so raw and it's so real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember hearing that and just blazing through uh, Age of Quarrel, like, you know, like when I was like 15, 16, something like that, just playing it over and over, like finding footage of ProMags, playing the Ritz with like the spotlights over them. They're playing It's the Limit. And it's just so, so like real, like seeing their flyers from like that era of like them playing with like Motorhead mm-hmm. and, like um you know, all this stuff and like going on tour with like Megadeth and like and like me like knowing those bands and like just seeing this like really like and just hearing this really like like burned down to the you know like the embers the version of that stuff. Um it's still, you know, I, I got to book them like a couple years ago nice. and it's just like it was awful. it was perfect to me, you know. It's just like it's an it was, just, it was just iconic. I could I could say probably like twenty more. So I mean like I'm gonna say these are my four right or these are my four today. So collection one, the the most, No Quarrel, and Ride of Lightning.
2: That's a that's a that's a murderer's row uh of, of picks, and and I gotta ask you just based on your Chromags pick, and and uh, it's something that I, I kind of acknowledged. I still love that band, but for some reason, like the beef between Harley and John Joseph has kind of it was uh, the online oh. beef be- between them was kind of cringy to the point where it kind of tarnished a little bit of the Chromags. It movie.
1: is like I, I like pretend like it like doesn't like I like. <laughs> I like, you, th- I think of them like, as they like broke up a while. Like, like, you know, I mean, I'll still go see, I'll still go see JJ Max. Like I, yeah. I'll still go, I'll see that. And I'll have a good time because Matt he's playing drums and he's killing it. And, and maybe Mike Dijon plays guitar. I don't know. Um, I know he like rolls with them, but uh, like, I think AJ Neville plays them too. So you're going to see some like iconic players, yeah. you know, like regardless um, but I just like I don't follow any of them on anything. Good because I don't like w- I don't want to see that. Like you know, like I, it, it would just be. I mean, it would be amazing. I'm, maybe they've maybe they've jumped a the shark at this point, And if they if JJ and Harley like put aside their differences and play together, I mean, I think it would still be awesome. And I would travel pretty much anywhere to see that. But at the same time, like. You know, I think if it had happened like a few years ago and they had put aside their differences, it would have been so much cooler um, and everything. But, yeah, I, I get you, dude. Like, that, that feud is a turnoff, and it's like, you know, it's, at this point, it's like, Is this dumb.
2: You know, uh, we've seen Danzig reunite with the Misfits. At this point, anything is possible. I am just going to say, yep. you know, at some point down the road, we'll see Morrissey play with the Smiths, and at some down oh, some me. down the road, we'll probably oh, probably see JJ and Harley back together in the Cro-Mags.
1: Probably will. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
2: And uh, okay, so last question for you, Ace. Pick a scar on your body and tell us a story of how you got it, dude.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Damn. Um, all right. Here. Here's. Here's one. Okay. So not necessarily like a, it's not necessarily a scar, but it's like, like one my, Oh, actually I got, I got a lot. So um, cool. here's a good one. Okay. So under my chin mm-hmm. is, um, uh, like it, it's like kind of like where like the bottom of my chin, like, you know, like kind of like points, um, it's, I have a scar like under there and how this happened is I went up to a show in Philadelphia Mm-hmm. Um, there's a benefit for somebody I didn't know at the time, uh, but I became friends with later, um, Sky Joe, uh, and um, so I go up there, so I go to this show, and it's uh, Floor Punch, which is maybe my favorite band. Um, so Floor Punch is playing, yeah. Uh, the Wrong Side, nice. Pegasus, which is like such a rare. Like I, I think they only played... like I don't even know if they played like five shows. Oh, wow. Um, if people haven't ever heard of this band Pegasus, uh, it is the dude who... Drum- is just woads from Cold World um, made this band where he sings. It's honestly an influence on MAD. So if you like what you've heard from MAD, check out Pegasus. They have a seven-inch of three songs. DFJ from like all the Boston bands um, mm-hmm. is, is in it. Um, I want to say... Arthur Rizek might be in it, too, from, like, Cold World and, um, like, Eternal Champion and, like, all that yeah. stuff as well. I'm not 100% on that, though. Metal um, producer
2: extraordinaire?
1: Yeah, just, like... like I, I, It's, like, it, the band is literally a super group, and, it's, and it sounds awesome. Um, Woj has... His vocals are killer on it. Uh, it the production's cool. Um, but anyway, so... Um, they're playing... Uh man, I'm trying to think. There's a couple shows that are really similar to this one around that time, but but I remember these bands are playing. So I so I go up there, um, and I might be mixing up the lineups, but I do know wrong side was playing and I do know four punch is playing for a specific reason. So um wrong side set happens. I I'm like up front, love them. Uh I get hit in the jaw like really hard. And I've been like for like various like just like show injuries, and I used to like play like rugby and stuff. Yeah, um, I've been knocked out a bunch of times in my life. Oh my god! To the point to the point where sometimes I'll get hit. I've been hit in the head and realize that I'm like, oh, the only reason I'm awake right now is because of adrenaline. Like I'm doing something adrenaline like oriented, and when the adrenaline wears off, I'm probably going to black out. Got to watch and, out for that CTE, um, Ace. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm a little more chill now. Okay. But, um, a little bit, uh, but so I'm like, and I can kind of tell like something's up. Like after like, the set, I'm like, I'm like having conversations with people, and I don't really 100 percent feel all the way there. Yeah. Um, and then like I'm standing there, and like four punches out the play, and I'm like, all right, this is gonna be sick. I love this man, and uh, I like realize I'm like, oh, I'm about to pass out. Like it's like the adrenaline is kind of wearing off, and I'm about to like. Like, you know, just, like, blacked out. So I try to run to the side of the room, but I don't make it. Uh-oh. And I just woke up on the ground, and apparently I, I and while I was trying to run to the side of the room, I just, like, blacked out, like, mid-run, fell on my face, like, cracked my teeth.
0: like oh my God.
1: Uh, cut my chin up and everything. Um, and uh, I ended up having a, you know, like, I was like, <laughs> even so, I was like, well, I was like, I'm still gonna like watch floor punch. So I'm like standing there, like holding my face together, and like my friends are like, "Should we go to the hospital?" I'm like, "Yeah, after this." And uh, I'm like watching. I'm so bummed. I can't like stage dive and watch and stuff. And I'm like, "God, this fucking sucks." But uh, then I went to the hospital and um, got like stitched up, and like I eventually like like got like my like teeth fixed and everything. Damn. But I was so I, I was so bummed. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good one. So
2: that's a, that's a scar story. Nice, dude. Ah, I like that. That's a good story, man. But you still had to stick around and watch some floor punch.
1: No, I, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think I've ever, I think I've made, I think I was, I think I've only missed them at one show I've ever like that. They were like playing like, yeah. for, like one reason, but otherwise like I've caught them probably more times than like, you know, most uh, people into hardcore have just because I'll go to any length to see them and they don't play very often.
2: That's awesome, man. So uh, we're gonna go into another song. This is Ace Stallings. Uh, th- th- uh, thank you very much. For- Form of Passion is the podcast. Definitely check it out. And uh, I-, I would say a d- uh, couple to listen to. Uh, I would say first start off with the one with Walter from Rotting Out, and then uh, and then make your way to the other episodes. Um, but the, the new album is called Fever Dream, Mutually Assured Destruction. Uh, Ace, I say thank you, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut my microphone off right now, and what I want you to do is I want you to play cheesy radio, as cheesy as you can, cheesy radio okay. DJ, and intro uh, the next Mutually Assured Destruction song.
1: I, I get to pick it? Yep. All right, all you. All right, you. Okay, here we go. All right, you cool cats and kittens out there. It's time to rock. We got something for you that is going to knock you on your, knock you off your feet, knock you on your seat, and you're going to want to stand up after that. And you're going to want to greet the day with such a fire and passion that you won't even know what to do. This next song is by Mutually Assured Destruction off their new 10 inch on Edgewood Records entitled Fever Dream. This track is called Rose Chamber. stage...